tornadoes to hurricanes, blizzards, and everything in between, you're listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. Stormfront Freaks are former television meteorologist Mark Massaro, atmospheric science graduate and skyworn storm spotter Brady Harris, digital meteorologist and weather producer on the Weather Channel app Dina Knightley, former on-camera meteorologist at the Weather Channel Kim Cunningham, Emmy-winning storm chaser and photographer Chris Sanner, and I'm your announcer and Skywarn Network coordinator Mark Johnson. Now, here's the moderator of the Stormfront Freaks podcast, Skywarn storm spotter and chaser Phil Johnson. All right, everybody, welcome to the most entertaining weather podcast on your listening and viewing device. This is the Stormfront Freaks podcast. If you are a first-time listener, thanks for stopping by. Uh, always go to our website, stormfrontfreaks.com. You can check out the library of previous shows and famous guests from the weather industry uh, that we've had on. This tonight is episode 53. We're joined by CNN meteorologist and severe storm expert Chad Myers is, uh, is with us tonight. Welcome, Chad. Good morning, you guys and, and ladies. Uh, we're we're going to be playing, of course, lightning round. We're going to talk about on-location storm reporting. We're also going to add a new mean tweets segment and, and i think uh, chad's gonna be a great one to start us off with that <laughs> and, uh, stick around for the best wx resources and weather fools of the season but before we get to chad i want to share a couple updates with you uh this is the last call uh, our intro song uh if you're listening to the podcast you would have just heard that uh we need an update so we're putting a call out to all of our musically talented listeners uh to help create a new intro song basically we we need about a 60-second uh, stereo, upbeat song or riff. Try to avoid the vocals just because we, we uh, talk over that a little bit. But you can email your creation to phil at stormfrontfreaks.com by May 28th. So May 28th is that deadline. Uh, we've already got a couple we're going to look at and consider. Uh, but we'll share those submissions. We're going to pick one of them for our new theme song, and we'll share credit to you on every single episode for that. <clears throat> Second thing I want to talk about is uh, check out the latest weather-themed fashions and accessories at helicitydesigns.com. And while you're there, check out the exclusive line of Stormfront Freaks podcast shirts, drinking <laughs> containers, yes. Uh, and there's also a new cap that's on there as well. Uh, there's more to come, but here's the key. You can get a 5% discount on your entire order when you use the code PODCAST at checkout. So that's podcast. P-O-D-C-A-S-T. And coming soon is a new hurricane collection, Chad. You might be interested in that. Uh, find it all at helicitydesigns.com. Awesome. So it's always, what, what's that? That's awesome. Okay, good. All right. You'll, you'll like it. Check it out. <laughs> it's uh, Chad approved. It is. It's always, uh, it's always happy hour. Uh, so step up to the Stormfront Freaks Bar. We're going to start uh, with introducing MJ. What are you drinking tonight? Hey, tonight, well, you know, it's time to start watching my figure because nobody else does. So I am uh, drinking Diet Mountain Dew tonight. Okay. Ooh. Hey, it's, it's very good for you. I hear Diet Dew is, uh, is like prune juice. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I haven't heard that. Brady, what are you drinking? You know, I'm in New York City for business, and I'm just here with a glass of free wine. So <laughs> free? Wow. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Put it on the company bill. Maz, what, Maz, what are you drinking tonight? All right, so uh, we had a, a, a baby shower last weekend, so everything is gone in the house. I did find some whiskey. <laughs> no, no, not my baby. No, no, my daughter is going to have a baby. So, yeah. 
in like a week. Oh, that's wonderful. So if I mute myself and you don't see me, she's in labor. Just saying. Okay, Okay, Okay. so. So I'm having uh, having some whiskey and Coke tonight. So, well, Diet Coke because I'm watching. That's a good drink. Good grandpa drink. Kim, what are you drinking tonight? Well, believe it or not, I am not drinking an IPA. Whoa. What? I am starting a low-carb diet. No way. So the low-carb diet says you can drink as much vodka as you want. (laughs) So this is vodka (laughs) with club soda, not tonic, because tonic is high in calories. Uh Club soda, I just smashed up some raspberries and added it in there. So that's what I'm drinking tonight. Flavor besides uh, some... Uh Kim, mm-hmm. you don't need a diet. Get out of here. Are you well, kidding me? Yeah. You're sweet. You're All right. Great. Uh, l- l- enough of our drinking. Let's get to <laughs> our uh, famed guest tonight. Is that my turn? Yeah. That's- <laughs> oh, okay. That's right. It's been a while since you've been on TV. Well, I'm drinking whiskey, so you're going to have to give me some extra time. Anyway, hey, so Chad Myers, super stud. He's a meteorologist and severe weather expert for CNN. Myers joined the network in 1999. That goes back a while. He made his mark at broadcasting meteorology forecasting the local weather in Detroit, Columbus, Ohio. And I remember the stories from there, too. Oklahoma City, Richmond, Virginia. I remember stories from there, too, Chad. And Lincoln, Nebraska, (laughs) before joining CNN. Chad is a University of Nebraska graduate, Go Huskers. Huskers. That's right. And earned his bachelor's of science degree in meteorology in 1987. What a great year that was, Chad. We and both so graduated. I know. We were like, the, Chad and I are fraternity brothers. So we've known each other for 30 years, something like that. Oh, yeah. I oh, took his first job away from him. He moved to yeah. I yeah. filled in for him and they gave me the job and then Mark went on for bigger, better things. That's right. That's right. What a great, what a great time. So Lincoln, Nebraska to CNN, not in one jump, obviously. So how right. different are things from there to there? When you and I worked in Lincoln, we would get three, three and a half minutes for weather, right? Oh, it was one of the first things on the news. They did weather before they did breaking news because weather was so important to farmers. <laughs> now I get a tight 45 seconds. That's what you get. <laughs> and not every day, right? <laughs> no, not every day. Yeah. Only really when I'm sponsored and or someone doesn't tweet something in the morning, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, so that if you're not it. sponsored, is it just like and Chad's on for it? Here's Chad. Oh, thanks, Chad. And that was it. Or I do Airport Network. I do CNNI International. Uh, we make a lot of money on CNNI. Honestly, um, they they just sell commercials all over the world. Um, so I'm on there nearly every day. And we've been busy, you know, with the volcano because. Unlike just weather people doing weather, we have to do all the science work. And you know that earthquakes, volcanoes, meteors, Mm -hmm. missing airplanes. Oh, my God. You're the science guy. You do everything. If it comes to science, like, you know, like a meteorologist. How do you how do you how do you keep up with all that information? Because that I mean, that is a lot of information you have to be an expert on. I use Alta Vista um, and AOL. Um, Those search engines are really good. Mm -hmm. Just kidding. Uh, it's whatever it takes. They're Lost awesome. from the past. Careful, buddy. They're uh, awesome. Google makes me an expert in 15 minutes. And the, the joke is in the weather office, I'm an expert at being an expert. Yeah, I could have shut yeah. that well off in the Gulf of Mexico in about 20 minutes, but they didn't ask me. <laughs> <laughs> so, so why CNN? I mean, you, you could have gone anywhere, you know, once you've been to Detroit like that. So why CNN? 
you know, it, it's just a perfect job for me. It's a perfect fit. I told them they're going to drag me out of that place. I'm never leaving on my own. Uh, they treat me nice. They pay me handsomely. I, I live here. I live in the building that Mike Bettis was in four years ago that Jennifer Gray is also in. She's the 11th floor. I'm on the 10th floor. My in-laws are on the sixth floor. And before my dad passed away, he lived on the fifth floor oh, of the 17th story. Exactly wow. so. What a beautiful view. Oh <laughs> my gosh, story, what a view. How many stories do you own, Chad? <laughs> uh, just one. Okay. Where are you from originally? I was born in Buffalo, but grew up in Nebraska. Yes, yeah, so I, I really claim Nebraska as home just because I went there. I was actually Harry Husker because I was too small to play football. So I just got to play the little guy that ran around the field. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's a little that. piece of trivia. Do you remember, Mark? Wow. Remember that Harry Husker yeah. in the basement of Lambda Chi? I, that was you? Yeah, that was me. We chained that thing to the water heater to the gas pipe in the water heater because people wanted to steal that guy. Oh, yeah. So we changed the gas, the gas line thinking, well, nobody's going to break the gas line because they'll blow themselves up. So that's where we secured Harry Husker. <laughs> so oh, what's, some wow. of, what's some of the craziest things that's happened since you've been in CNN that you can talk about? Right. Well, uh, you know, other than Katrina, me yelling to Carol Costello, let me talk. Yeah, uh, you know, I because, remember that. <laughs> I had to go to the principal's office. They must really like you, Chad, to keep you after that. <laughs> on that note, on that note, let me let me play you a little segment from John Oliver's, and now this for this hit. So I'm standing out here in a suit and this little coat, got a little strep throat, a little cold, maybe some influenza. I'm not even sure what's going on. This Chad Myers, we've even called him in here. This is so big. Hi, That's right. you, you never call me in when there's actually good weather. You always bring me in when there's something bad to talk about. I'm afraid parts of Honeyfield may have been right for once. Hey, Chad. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. I uh, I grabbed the short drumstick, and here I am. Obviously, both of you, especially you. It's good to see you, Don. Yeah. 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 Sent me to New York, and then they worked me to death. Yeah. When I was six, I did get cold in my stocking. The Smithsonian says it looks like a cross between a house cat and a teddy bear. My wife already wants one. Oh, no. Uh, Would you go with your wife? <laughs> with a marriage counselor. <laughs> I go to Florida and they like it. My parents were down there for quite some time. I was in Detroit and they would laugh at me all the time. Uh, I would too. Let's bring in Chad Myers now. The big thing is, oh, look at you, you're crying. Don't no, be sad, Chad. This is a very strong storm. All right, Anderson. Chad Myers, thanks. Let's check in with Susan Hendricks, uh, 360 uh, Bullet. Did you Susan? wait till I'm done? If it ends up overwhelming, it becomes a tornado. You've been paying attention. All right. So, wow. Wow. Right? Yeah, you've got a few segments uh, over the years. So now we know where Maz gets the one-liners from. That that's that that is the source right there. That's right. I'm trying to walk in his footsteps. The fraternal. Oh. So I think they called that John Oliver second. Chad hates his job. It was. I missed the very beginning of that, but it was all good stuff. Uh, we if I played the whole segment, we'd probably be here all night uh, listening. To those, but, but Chad, tell me what what was the attraction to to CNN? So, what was the first job at CNN that they offered you? Uh, what what was that attraction? Oh my gosh! Uh, if I could even tell you, um, they offered me to do weekend nights, so two days a week, fill in three days a week if anyone was off, and you can be on your boat as long as you're less than thirty minutes away from CNN on call. So. What? I had a call. I had a boat on Lake Erie with a phone that, you know, one of those bag phones so that they could call me. Um, and if they called me, I'd get off the boat, park the boat, dock it, get in the car and drive to work. That's all I had to do 
five days a week if I wasn't filling in for somebody else. So we had Flip Spiceland. We had That's Karen right. McGillis. Yeah. Those, this is, yeah. this is old school, mm-hmm. right? Uh, we had Orland Sydney. Uh, yeah. Dave Hennon was there. Um, and he's uh, still there, right? And he's still there. He's, yeah. he's my, he's my manager now. Yeah. He's working great. Wow. So I, the, 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 the draw is look at CNN. We're not wrong because I'm going to tell you, there's going to be six inches of snow in Michigan <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> local regional station where you only had to forecast regionally to now having to be a part of a national newscast and forecast nationally what was the biggest challenge there i think geography was probably the biggest challenge really i I, i've traveled a lot i've been very blessed to have a wife that gets in the car with me and we see the world through a windshield um on our first date to Vegas, we were just dating. I took her to the North Rim of the Grand Canyon and back in one day. And at that point in time, she spent nine hours in the car with me. We didn't argue. I knew I could marry her. Uh, <laughs> so, so knowing all the little nuances of where the Bitterroot Mountains are, you know, and, and, and where the valley is and where the, where the benches are to the east of Salt Lake City, that was all a learning curve for me because you don't learn about that in Nebraska. Uh, I, worked for D- I worked in D.C. for the National Weather Service before I moved into TV um, with an internship there. And so that got me, that's got my feet on the ground for forecasting. So I was already a decent forecaster by the time I got to Columbus and Detroit. It, it's, and people don't understand when you see a guy on TV or a woman on TV for the first time, on a, in a new city, you have to give them a little bit of a break because they don't know the nuances of the city. They don't know that, you know, I didn't even know that Birmingham was higher than we are. So when a storm comes out of Alabama, it's going down toward the Chattahoochee and it's going in a, a bigger atmosphere and it's going to die. It's very, very rarely do we have big storms come out of Alabama and roll through Georgia. Now they can develop in Georgia over the cold front, certainly, but it's that downhill up here, upslope, you know, upslope snow in Denver is amazing. And those are just some of the things you have to you have to learn all the big cities, not just the one you're living in. What about the what about the names? Because you get you get towns that you're like, that's not the way it's supposed to be pronounced. You, that, you had to hit that like all the time. <laughs> you know what I do? I call the Chamber of Commerce and listen to their telephone. I call the Chamber of Commerce and it'll say, oh, welcome to the Chamber of Commerce of whatever town. And, you know, that's the right way to say it. Yeah, That's pretty smart. Good and idea. even if they're closed, the answering machine still answers. No? So, Chad, now that you're on a national scale, do you ever miss kind of some of the, getting into some of those nitty gritty, the nuances where you actually get a you know forecast for local and you're not, um, you know, doing the entire United States? Sure, of course. And what I miss the most is when a warm front is south of your city and the model says it's going to be raining in 40 and there's no way with an east wind at 17 miles per hour that it's going to be raining at 40. That you have that low layer there, 100 feet thick, it's going to be a sleet or a snowstorm or at least an ice storm. And, you know, I could nail that because I knew when I worked with the weather service, I knew what that model did wrong. I knew where the flaws were in that model. So, yeah, I miss winter forecast. If anything, I miss in Detroit. I miss Lake Erie with my boat, and I also miss winter storm forecasting. When we know, I, I got made fun of one day that all the forecasts were saying rain 38. And I said, I went on six o'clock in the morning. I said, no way. It's an ice storm. Oh, the phone calls came in. You're an alarmist. You know, by the time the day was over, 928,000 people were without power wow. because of that ice storm. Oh, wow. Wait a minute. You've that's, been on TV 30 years and you, you've only been made fun of one time. 
Come Stop. on. <laughs> By that one guy. <laughs> what's the biggest bust in a forecast you've ever had? Ooh, good question. I had a I had a, a uh, New Orleans Saints paper bag over my head one morning when I said there was going to be six inches of snow and it didn't happen. It was the same station in Detroit. It never happened at all. We got no snow. They canceled school ahead of the snow. Never happened. Now we all got it wrong. But for me, that was a really big bust. Hmm. What about tornado chasing? Did you do much of that in Nebraska? Not so much in Nebraska, no, because it wasn't popular in 86, 87. You know, we didn't have the Dow, you know, driving on the, the Doppler on wheels driving around. That really wasn't much of a thing. Uh, but I did I did get the El Reno tornado uh, a couple of years ago, and that was a very harrowing experience. We were on Radio Road, uh, not that far from Tim Samaras, in fact. Um, we were with some guys from the SPC. They were they were chasing with us, Severe Storms Prediction Center. And we went east and because we thought that the storm originally, the tornado was moving toward the southeast. So we were going to go east and then south. When we went east and went south, that tornado turned left and went right behind the road that we were just on. And to this day, that, that photographer will never go on another storm chase. That's the same day that Mike Bettis rolled the car over. That same storm. He was on I-40. Oh, wow. I, I was about four miles from him. We were oh, all there. We, were, we knew that was the storm of the day. We were all there. And that was the scariest minute ever. I don't ever need to do that again. I've seen my tornadoes. I win. Bucket list is over. Part of the CNN broadcast, is, was that work-related? It was. We were all, yeah, we were all with crews. Okay. We're alive. We had this this live stream. This has changed the world for television. A lot like getting your phone, taking a picture and sending it in and it shows up on TV. It's called a live view and it uses cell towers to put you on television while you're driving down the road. And so we don't need this big satellite dish on top of our truck anymore. In fact, CNN sold all of their satellite dishes. They said all their trucks. They sold them all to a company that we rent them back. But we truly don't need two million dollar trucks anymore. We have this live view. It sits in the back. It makes a phone call, and your signal goes. It's it's so fast. 4G is so good now um, that we don't need these. We don't need satellite trucks anymore. And the live, the, the, we were live when that that tornado was on the ground um, for hours, hours and hours. You guys, I think Pierce, Pierce Morgan was Pierce Morgan was just he was amazed at the tornado. He he couldn't he wouldn't like he wouldn't go to any other news because it was such an amazing storm. Do you guys still send people out? Oh yes, we do. You do okay. Yeah. Yeah, especially to hurricanes. Um, and to me, those people are my children. When I send someone out, I want them to come back. You know, people say, why do you go out there and stand out there in the rain and the hurricane? Because just to be there, you're putting yourself in danger. Yes, we are. But we have done a site survey of every single city that we're ever in. We know where the strong buildings are. We know where the place to fall back is. We know where to get our trucks or whatever out of the wind. And so it's, it is dangerous. Yes. But we have done our due diligence to make it not as dangerous as maybe it seems on TV because so, I want those guys to come out. Now, do you get a staff as well then? Like a stick? No, no a staff of people. <laughs> Sorry. Not, not like Moses. <laughs> come on, guys. That's the only staff I have is a, is a walking stick. <laughs> well, you were like, I, we have our people go out and check things out. I'm like, are they like, you know, hey, I, I need you to go check this out. I need you to go over there. I need you to get coffee. I mean- What's it like for you? No. I do have a producer in the morning. A, a producer does come in and make graphics for me, and I trust her with, with my entire show. I walk in, the show's ready to go, I push the button, and we're on TV. So awesome. that is a huge luxury compared to being on local news without a producer, making your own graphics, scrambling all morning long. You know, I can, I can get to work 35 minutes before I hit the air 
and be completely fine. You can't do that in local news. You're in local news. You're there two hours ahead of time, three sometimes. Okay. So I got to ask you this because I haven't had these dreams or nightmares in a while because I've been off the air for a while. But so now that you know, you can get there 35 minutes before what's, what's the nightmare that you have dealing with weather when you're actually sleeping? That I'm on the, on the shift, I'm on the air and a hurricane or earthquake or something happens and they can't get a hold of me. They, they, they know I'm in the building or I'm, you know, even if I'm, I was on call, they can't get a hold of me. And I I see my phone ringing and I can't answer it. And it's like, why, what what, what do you want? What do you want? And and that's kind of the recurring nightmare that I have that I just missed. I miss a hit. We no, must all a, have this. I had one. I always had one where I couldn't get to the studio. It's like mm-hmm. I kept trying to get there, and something always stopped me from getting Jeez. there. What kind right. of pressure um, they put you guys under? Man? A lot. That's crazy. Uh-huh. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it well, used to be. It used to be. Used to be. You didn't have your suit. You're like, I don't know where my suit is. And they're like, we can't put you on the air like that. And then your brain figures out you could do that. And then it was yeah. like, I don't have my graphics made. And I'm like, I just need to call Chad and get his <laughs> producer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, what about hurricanes, Chad? What was most memorable for you that you went out on? You know, I think 2004, before my son was born, um, I went on uh, Charlie Francis Gene, and and those were the big three in Florida. And it, it, it people think it's exciting to go out there, and, and the first minute when you get on the airplane, you're, you're little, you have a little anxiety, and then you know the storm's coming, and you don't know if it's going to turn left. Like I was in Tampa, this Charlie hit Punta Gorda, and so we drove down there as fast as we could in the wind. Um, so that was a little bit of a miss, but we got there in time. And then, so it's exciting when you see it and you're live and you're broadcasting, but then all of a sudden you see 83 and 85 year old people that have just lost their mobile home that was on a canal in a beautiful place in Punta Gorda. And you think, what are they going to do now? It is so sad. Are they going to go get a job as a greeter in Walmart? They've just lost everything. Where, how do you restart when you're 85 years old or 80 or whatever, whatever years old? That was the saddest part about Charlie is seeing that retirement area really get hit so hard. Yeah. That's heartbreaking. Were you ever like in one when it, when it made landfall? Oh, sure. Yeah. Anderson Cooper and I were always there together. And it's funny when you see, and you go to Melbourne or whatever, because we were with Gene and Francis, and you see a sign that says, Jim Cantori, go home. (laughs) 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 If you're where Jim is, and you've got ground zero, and Mm -hmm. you don't think people want to, they don't want to see you coming. (laughs) They don't want to see us there. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Wow. So you've seen pretty much everything. Is there anything left on your bucket list weather-wise that uh, you're like, you know what, before I retire someday, I'd like to see this or experience it or something like that. I would like to find Forrest Fenn's gold chest. You know what that is? No Mm -hmm. idea. You do? All right. There's an eccentric old man still alive in New Mexico, hit a box of gold somewhere in the Rocky Mountains worth $2 million. So last year, my son and I went to Yellowstone thinking it could be there. So we walked all over Yellowstone. And all this man did was put this box out there to get people into the wild, wild west, to get them into the wilderness, to get them experience things with their kids. And so I, I would like my son and I to go to New Mexico. We're going to go to Telluride this summer and we're going to go fly fishing. And I would love us just to walk right up to that gold box and take it home and finally retire. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> Otherwise, no, I've done it. I've seen it all. I don't need to see anything else. Yeah. I'm old. I get the senior citizen discount at Goodwill. 
<laughs> when did you fly fish? I don't remember you fly fishing. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm at the Chattahoochee now. And the, the, the rivers in Georgia are amazing. So I guess I picked it up maybe 10 years ago. No kidding. Yeah. Easy, yeah. hard. Was it easy? Hard, to, hard. It's hard to catch fish. It's <laughs> not so hard to throw. It's, it's easy to get a knot in your line. <laughs> yes. Describe easy hard, you know. All right, Chad, I got to know, is there anything about Maz we don't know? Is there oh. anything you want to tell us? <laughs> you know, I have a ridiculous memory that picks up really small things. Uh, Maz was living in Rhode Island and he didn't like the color of the tile in his bathroom. And he bought this epoxy paint and he painted <laughs> over his tile because he was too lazy to take the tile off and put new tile on. Wow. <laughs> well, you were going to wow. come over and help. <laughs> wow. No show. Wow. No show. <laughs> Am I lying, Maz? Am I lying? Uh, what's that, honey? Gotta go. <laughs> How did that work out for you, Maz? Was, was that everything you ever hoped for? And I finally sold the house. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Thanks. Wow. Hey, Chad. What? How can uh, listeners find you on social media? Uh, I am at Chad Meyer CNN on Twitter. I don't do much on Facebook. I, you know, I I just got my first iPhone. I got rid of my flip phone. It finally broke. Um, so Twitter is my social media feed because I watch it and, and and monitor it all the time because that's where really breaking news is broken. That's that's where people are there showing breaking news. And if I'm on the phone to the newsroom saying, "Hey," You can't believe this. I just saw this. It's breaking in Akron, Canton, whatever. Um, so that's where I'm always there. Got it. Because in between weather hits, there really isn't a lot to do. You know, you're on the air for three, four minutes a day. You've got seven hours and 57 minutes of other stuff. You can do. <laughs> <laughs> okay. To, wait. To, to all the people that did the morning show, though, you're on like 36 times. So you yes, know they're going, oh, I hate you, Chad. No, that's, and then you do the you updates on Good Morning America. And you're all, you're live in 30 seconds here, 30 seconds there. You're right. The morning show is, is, a, is brutal with weather on the eighth or whatever you're doing. Uh, and just one or two minutes. The funny part is we were talking about this before we got on the air here is that back in local TV, you'd get three or four minutes for weather. You really would. And now it's, it's short. It's go as fast as you can. It's, you know. And I think I don't think there's any local tech. Any there's no local guy or woman uh, that really ever gets enough time. They always need more time. And now I wouldn't know what to do with three minutes. Yeah, I could do the whole world in three minutes. You know, you know, the first time on ten eleven, they gave me five minutes and thirty seconds. Wow. Yeah, that is way too much time. When you're on the first time on air, you're like, I'm sweating. Wow. It was first time I was ten minutes sometimes. Wow. The first time I was on the air. Was uh, was Mark's old station KOL uh, ten eleven strong? I hyperventilated on the air so badly I didn't even know if my feet were on the ground or not. I had so much <laughs> oxygen in my system. <laughs> I floated back to the desk. Oh my gosh! <laughs> wow. You know that the chief meteorologist is still there too. Ken Schimmick. Ken, yeah, he was, a, he was a he was a sportscaster first, went weathercaster, got his mm -hmm. degree. He's still there. Yep, he right, is. Well, hey, that's interesting and all, but it is time for lightning round. <laughs> fine, fine. I digress. This is our game show of brilliant questions for our guests. We always invite everybody to play along. And tonight we're playing, I just made this up, uh, but we are playing real or homemade fishing lure edition. So, Chad, we know you fish. I do. 
here's how we're playing the game. I'm going to give you the name. Okay. Of a lure. And this could be either a real lure that's been produced. Mm-hmm. Or it's, uh, it's a lure, but it's homemade. Someone made it. Okay. Fair enough. I'll, I'll explain them to you a little bit, uh, and then you just get to tell me either it's it's real or it's homemade. No right. pulling up Google. I'm, I'm not pulling up Google. I'm pulling up my fish that I just caught in Texas. All right. So here's the first one. <laughs> first one. This is called the musky duckling. It's a topwater bait. It has two steel paddles on the side that stir up water as you reel it in because it looks just like a baby duck. Is this a real lure uh, that's produced, or is it a homemade one? I think? will go with, it's not called musky duckling. It's probably called bass duckling because muskies don't hit top waters. Bass do. So you're saying it's not real? Not real. <laughs> that would be incorrect. It is real. It's made by Gopher Bait Company. Oh. Yeah, come on, Chad. Everyone knows that. Missed <laughs> 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 it. All right, next. All right, next one. It's called Storm Kickin' Goby. Right? You're a meteorologist. Uh, this bait could be used during the spring spawn as gobies are notorious for invading bass beds. Is this a real lure or a homemade one? Is goby even a freshwater fish? Um, Storm is a real company, so I'll go with real. You would be correct. That correct. By Storm. All right. Nice. Fun. It's called the Rat X. This underwater lure looks just like a black rat, and it will fool the most discerning bass. Real or homemade? Real. It is real, made by get, Mega Bass. Do you get many rats? Uh, <laughs> do you know where I work? <laughs> <laughs> wow. I know where you used to work. Used to work. <laughs> All right, here's the next one. Uh, it's called the chipmunk lure. This bait mimics a small swimming chipmunk. It's used for many larger freshwater fish. Homemade or real? Homemade. That is a homemade one. It's, it's wow. not aware of a real chipmunk <laughs> lure, no. uh, but someone made one. All right, next one. It's called bite light lure. This bait has a battery and a red flashing light to imitate bleeding fish. Real or homemade? Real. That is real. Science nice call. Made that one. All right, last one. It's called the original trolling lure. Uh, original trolling troll lure. This bait is literally a little troll doll. With long, flaring orange hair, treble hooks, and a diving fin, the bright orange hair will attract any stubborn fish to take a bite. Homemade or real? Homemade. That is correct. Wow. 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 Originally, originally used to get prom dates. <laughs> right. No, it's really, it's really a troll. You know those troll dolls with the big... Yeah. Yep. With the yeah, big bellies. Someone didn't make one with treble lures. I think there was some comment about if, if you're not catching any fish, it's kind of the last resort because you still won't catch any. <laughs> right. And, uh, I don't know. But anyway, so anyway, great job on that, Chad. Well done. Uh, we're going to go ahead and take uh, our first break. If you're listening to the audio podcast, you'll get to hear the Titan U Minute with Chris Sanner. But stay right here. We'll be back with Chad Myers of CNN and the Freaks to talk about the challenges of on-location storm reporting and hear Chad read some mean tweets and now it's time for the titan U minute with chris satter let's take a minute to talk about shelf clouds versus wall clouds to do that we have to first talk about inflow and outflow first 
Inflow is the warm, unstable, and moist air blowing into and then upwards through a thunderstorm. Inflow is what gives storms their fuel. Think of it like a storm breathing in. Outflow, on the other hand, is the exact opposite. It's cool, stable, and moist air blowing out and away from a thunderstorm's core. So when it comes to shelves versus walls, they're simply functions of each. A shelf cloud is typically miles wide and at the beginning of the cool and stable air blowing out and away from a thunderstorm. Shelf clouds will be highly turbulent, but rotation is rarely organized. They also appear to slope out and away from a storm's core. Wall clouds form underneath thunderstorm updrafts as a function of inflow. Not all wall clouds are dangerous, but they'll be smaller than shelves on average, tend to slope down and towards the precipitation core, and they will be a bit more organized with their motion if there is any present. Remember, while they can look similar, a shelf cloud and wall cloud are two very different features. Be sure to check out our new series, Wild Weather on Tornado Titans. To find the series, simply search on your favorite social media channel for Tornado Titans. We'll see you next time. All right, welcome back everybody. Uh, you know, it's, it seems like it's becoming more popular for on-camera meteorologists to report live from the storm. Uh, obviously, we see that a lot during winter and tropical storms, especially as, as they have better opportunities to be able to forecast the, the more intense locations at that point. Uh, obviously, it's a lot harder to see that with um, tor tornadoes, things like that, just a little harder to identify where that storm is going to be. But what, what I want to talk a little bit about with, with having uh, Chad from CNN here, um, as well as, uh, you know, Kim and Maz as well. What, what are the challenges that come with doing those on-location reports? And, and also, are, are we really sending the right message to viewers uh, being on site? And Chad, I'm going to ask you that first. Um, we can get into the challenges a little bit, but I do want to talk about, are, are we sending the right message where here we are reporting live from the eye of, of Hurricane uh, Harvey, uh, and you, everybody should be evacuated right now. You should be, you shouldn't be here anymore. And here you are right standing in the middle of the streets. Uh, what kind of message are we sending? Well, there has been a number of times where I have told reporters get out of there, especially Hurricane Rita was coming up toward Houston and we had somebody right on the shore and I went, dude, how far are you above sea level? He goes, well, the ocean's right there. I said, you've got to get out now. The wind's going to pick up. You're not going to be able to get over that bridge. You need to leave. Now you're going to get stuck. So, yes, we're there as long as we can be, but we really want our crews to be safe. Now, reporting for snowstorms, is that, that's, that's really no issue, right? Other than you, know, you might get stuck in the snow, but we have big trucks we can get out. It's the, it's the severe weather that we, we send crews to the hurricanes that concerns me the most. And we have never had anyone hurt, never had anyone injured, except for Rob Marciano, actually, was injured one time because the photographer forgot to put the UV filter on the light, and they burned his cornea. That was the only true injury that we've ever seen. And that was because of you know, just human error, not because we put somebody in the wrong place. So yes, it's a, it's a message and people watch and that's why we do it. Uh, we don't want people to go out there, do it themselves. Let's go do it. We have done these site surveys to know where the strong places are in all the buildings or in any city. We spent an entire year surveying all of the cities up and down the East Coast and the Gulf Coast to find a strong building, to find a place to put our crews when it really does hit the fan. And so, yes, they are in danger. Yes, it is television. And I, I don't know what message it sends other than please don't go out because that's why we told you not to go out. This is what it's like. It would be great, and we do this sometimes, to just leave a camera there 
and let it run, right? And let crews can go home, just, or, you know, go 10 miles inland, just let the water blow, let the camera get knocked down. You know, GoPros are indestructible sometimes. Uh, just let that run. I'd, rather, I'd like to see us do that more. Well, and that's have- had Mark Suddeth on the show before as well. And yeah, yeah. he does. He, he puts those kinds of things out that you can use that kind of video. Um, and obviously you've, you've, you've been safe in that. Let's not kid around that, that TV, it's all about ratings. Um, and, and I think that's, it's also a big part of those decision-making processes. Um, but you said a little bit that you're not sure of the message that's being sent, but again, as what, what do you, what do you think the message should be to the public? What do you think the message is besides if, if you put aside the TV ratings, what, what are you hoping the, the general public is getting when you're in the middle of a storm reporting in the storm? I'd rather have one camera and one crew, one reporter showing what it's like rather than all the people out of their homes trying to experience it. They can experience it from their own house. It's like I'm never going to go to Times Square to watch the ball come down, but I could watch it at home. And so it, or it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, a loose uh, analogy there, but if people would stay home and we can save anybody from getting hurt, then we're, we're the professional, right? Even though, you know, what does that really mean? So it's what we do. It, it's what we show on television mm-hmm. and, and, and people watch it. Does, does CNN have any kind of uh, plans in the future to use VR so that people could literally experience more of the weather? I mean, that would be now, cutting edge. It would be. Yeah, it, it, would be. it really is. I mean, you, you see some of the graphics we have on TV now where the graphics are in front of us. Uh, you see that it's the same company that builds them. Uh, Weather Channel has them, you know, and Jim Cantore's there right in front of a, right in, right in the middle of a tornado or updraft or hail. Those are great graphics, and we have much better explainers than we, than we could before. I just wish there was more just true webcams that are on the beach, on the shore, that we could just not need a reporter there because this camera is going to run for a while. But it just seems like even Surfline and some, they're just so few and far between. I just wish they were like every mile. (laughs) That's asking a lot. I don't think that will deter people though, Chad, from going out there, you know, just because of the ratings and, and, you know, just great video they can get. Do you guys have criteria um, for when you will leave the area, you know, to, to move inland, like if it gets upgraded to a cat three, will you move your location or do you have anything written down for criteria? You just kind of wing it. We have an entire meeting every morning when, when the and afternoon, when these crews are out and we had, we had crews down in Key West and we had them in Kudjo Key when Irma was coming up through the keys. And when it was on the Cuban keys, 24 hours out, we said, you guys got to go. You cannot stay there. You have to go up the Keys. So we had one crew that stopped at Homestead. The other crew stopped just north of Key Largo, right before you get to the stretch um, at a hotel up there that was nice and strong, and we knew he'd be okay. Uh, that was Mike Weir. The next day, Mike Weir drove down as far as he could. That was only about 15 miles and reported live from there. So, yes, it is when we see it's time to get out, it's time to go. And we're mobile enough to do that. We're not... We're not married to any location. We, we kind of set up like a, a goal post where we'll put a crew every 30 miles and then we'll move that one crew and, and leapfrog them over another one to get them out of the way. So there isn't a cat three, cat four, because every every storm is different, right? A, a category one with storm surge, I don't want my guy in Matagorda Bay. You know, I, I, I want, he needs to be out of there because even though it's a category one, your storm surge could be five, six feet in the back bays. So let's get them out of there. It's too low. So yeah, it's not a category. It's storm by storm. Got it. Good point. 
Okay. So you're on vacation someplace, <clears throat> you're on, and obviously you're not working, but are you working? So if something pops up or you're like, I got it covered, you know, throw me my iPhone and I'll do something for you. Does that Absolutely. work? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I take my CNN badge with me on every vacation because wow. it, you know, it doesn't matter if I'm in Vegas or central Texas, I have an IFB in my car and I have, which is a, an interruptible feedback device. It's just like this, except it only goes one way. There's not a microphone on it. And, uh, and I'm ready to go anytime. And, and every every single crew, I will say, is like that with CNN. In fact, Dr. Gupta was in was in the Vatican, and something happened where someone got sick. Maybe it was a, one of the presidents was in the hospital, whatever. And in less than two hours, he was in a studio on television from the Vatican. That, that CNN badge gets you in all the clubs, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Run to the line, baby. <laughs> So who decides who goes where, Chad? Are you are you the Jim Cantori of CNN where you get to go where the worst is happening? I try not to because okay. I, I have a 13-year-old son now that means more to me than um, you know life itself. Uh, yeah. And so when and the, really the last storm that I truly went to that I, I believe was going to be a dangerous storm was Francis uh, uh, Gene, Francis to Jay. Um, and after that, he was born in November and, and I... I don't go on ground anymore. It's, easy, it's easier for me to uh, think about this, Kim, and you, you can relate to this. You can do a lot better service to the people at home by being in the studio and telling them what's going to happen than standing out there in the field with a phone that probably doesn't work because there's no service with a TV that you can't see. You're just, you're so blind out there in the field where when I'm, I'm a quarterback back home and I can do all the forecasting and let reporters report because why am I a reporter sure. standing on the beach when I should be back there looking at the model knowing is, is it going to go to a cat three? Is it going to go to a cat four? When you're out there and you can't even see a radar, you just feel stupid. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So, so Chad, let me ask you a little bit about on location uh, storm reporting. What, what are some of the worst stories that you've had in your experience of having to be on location? Oh, boy, I, I mean, the, the, the most horrible, the horrific story was the El Reno tornado. I mean, no question. I don't know, did we talk about that in private or did we, did we go on the air with that already? Talked a little bit about that, yeah, about yeah. The, where you were. Yeah, um, and the, the loss of life that happened with that storm was was just devastating. It just, it, it hurt us all for a very long time. Yeah. And professional storm chasers that did everything right just got caught. And it, and it happens. And so I, I think that's the, the true risk nowadays where we're talking about chasing in Kansas, Oklahoma, or Texas is chaser convergence. There are so many cars out there trying to chase the same storm. If one thing happens to one car and or two cars and they crash and all of a sudden they can't get out of where they need to be, the, the number of people out there is, is really becoming dangerous. That's that's what I'm concerned with about in the in the coming years with all this storm chasing that's going on. People go out there with a you know a walkie-talkie and a and a six-pack and they think they're storm chasers. Well that's not how we do it. You know, we have radar in the car, we have we have Doppler in the car, we have all kinds of things that that we know where to go and where it's where it's where it's going. But you can still get in trouble even knowing all those things. So just don't go out there with your Little, you know, that's, the, that's not true because Jeff Foxworthy says that is the red mech, right? Storm chasing. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're talking to six pack. Well, six pack. So, so, that, so that was obviously, how, how, how much time did you have to get 
on location for that to be in the plains and and be on site? Oh, we flew in Oklahoma City. That that's the thing. Um, CNN they they spare no expense when it comes to travel, and I don't mean they're putting us up in sweet hotels. I just mean when it's the day of, and we know that we need to be there by four o'clock because the ice storm's coming at six. If that's a thousand dollar ticket, they pay it. Go. This is the story. You got to go. Uh, and so traveling to Oklahoma is pretty easy. So, so you were out there basically the day of, I mean, that day you, you guys went out there. I missed that tornado by three miles. It missed me by three miles because I went east and then south and it was going southeast. So we were chasing it. It turned behind us. We, we had no service at all. Didn't, couldn't, couldn't look at the radar at that point. Didn't know it was turning and it moved behind us. And that was what, 317 Doppler on wheels, miles per hour. Yeah, we were. If I remember, done. Chad, wasn't there a big outbreak the day before, too? Were you there for that day? There was. Yep, sure were. We chased it all day long. We actually flew into Wichita that day and drove all the way back into Texas, all the way through probably Wheeler, uh, through Boy City, Oklahoma, and then back down through and Woodward and chased tornadoes all the way back to Oklahoma City. And it fired up the next day as well. Mm-mm-mm. How many did you see? Oh, not as many as you want because you spend a lot of time in the car in a hail core where you don't oh, see anything. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Oops. you get you get on a you, you'd never want to chase on a mud road. It's like, no, please don't go down that one because it's already rained on that mud road. We don't want to get stuck in that road. Yeah. So I think we brought total that whole that whole time, I think we probably saw three. Wow. Wow. That's mm-hmm. that's a lot for a two day chase. Yeah, it is. It really is. Well, I'll tell you what, we, we always want to know what our listeners think on the subject. Uh, you can email us at questions at stormfrontfreaks.com, or you can find us on Twitter or Facebook, and you can just tag us your thoughts. We can share that on the next show. All right, the next segment, this is a first for the show. It, it was actually recommended uh, by a couple listeners and a, a couple of our previous guests, uh, Men in Castle, and so we thought we, we would make it a part of our show. We're going to start Mean Tweets, and we thought the best person to do it with might be good old Chad Myers, and, and partly because he's a funny guy. He doesn't seem to take himself too seriously, and, and I think that's a perfect match, right? So what we're going to do, so I, I sent uh, Chad some, some mean tweets, and uh, Chad, I'm just going to let you uh, roll those off the end of your tongue. All right, well, I'm 55, so I have to put my glasses on to read them. But that's and, and so these were all just to, to set them right, up okay. directed to you on Twitter uh, after some other Twitter message that either you had or cnn had put out on your behalf okay I, yeah i don't know where they came from uh this one came over just december of this last year 2017 your report on the worst weather events of 2017 was without one mention of climate change and was truly pathetic congrats on keeping the truth under wraps <laughs> okay well that was the top 10 weather stories of 2017 i don't know how climate change gets in there because it was about Storms. It was about Maria and Irma. Oh, okay, I get that. One. That's fine. Uh, good. This is a good one. Companies like Google can set up huge fan towers and deflect winds and rain so that the storm is less intense. But I see no one trying it. Why? Uh, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> The Earth is a very big place. Uh, drive, drive around Oklahoma for a little while. You'll see how big it is. And then go to Texas and realize it's a lot bigger than that. So to put up a fan or something like that doesn't really work. Now, one of the craziest things I did see uh, where humans actually have intervened in a scarcity of water is 
if you go into California as that coastal road there, they put up these tarps and sheets and it catches the, the sea breeze that comes in that's very, very moist. The sea breeze hits the sheets or tarps and the, and the tarps drip water onto their garden. I thought that was phenomenal. I thought that was an absolutely amazing thing. Mm -hmm. But, cool. you know, I'm trying, trying to harness nature. I'm going to set up my box fan outside and keep it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't turn it on too high. You'll push us west. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to send snow to Florida next year. Uh, okay. Uh, not like you would understand what this means. I hope this isn't your day job. Scare tactics won't work on us. Ooh, oh, my God. Oh, and that was the day before Irma hit. So uh, I guess I guess I was oh. scaring them that Irma was going to be a bad storm. Wait, uh, I, I I didn't sign that one, did I? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it would be great if weather reporters and their cameramen weren't standing in the streets trying to implore people not to stand in the streets. Oh, there you <laughs> go. That's, that's what you're talking about. <laughs> Calm the <laughs> down and just report the facts. Wow. Order speculation and storm tracks are just wrong. They do nothing for us. And that was that was also when Irma was hitting the Florida Keys. I think. You can't please everybody. So you just got to please yourself. Right. So I like a song. Thanks for being a great sport. That was good stuff. That was funny. We're gonna take our final break. You can refill your drink, and when we come back, it's time to share our WX resources and weather fools. Hi, this is Gary England. It's Friday night in the big town, baby. All dressed up, no place to go. Jump back, throw me down Loretta. Hey, be sure and listen in every week, right? Every week, the Stormfront Freaks podcast, baby. It's the best in the world. All right. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. Okay. Hey, hey, we are all set for WX resources. I hope you are. So you want to grab your pen and paper because you're going to want to jot these down. The weather resources, great places you can find out new technology, new computer models, new anything having to deal with weather as long as it's legal, moral, and ethical. So to kick us off, we're going to start things with Kim. What do you have for our WX resources? Okay. Well, I'm actually going to spotlight Tom Moore on Twitter. Tom is going to join us, I believe, in August, Phil. Um, he was a uh, weather channel. Yeah, I'll say that. I'm sorry. He hasn't signed the contract quite yet. Oh, he hasn't. Okay. Well, look forward later on, maybe in the summer, for Tom Moore to be joining us. Tom was a meteorologist at the Weather Channel forever. I mean, he was there from, I think, just maybe, I think, from the beginning of the Weather Channel, and he was an on-camera meteorologist. And if you go to his Twitter website, um, you will see that he's currently with Weather Concierge, and that's pretty much just a um, a single source platform forecasting for consumers and, and for businesses. But he's a meteorologist there. But the good thing about Tom, well, there's a lot of good things about Tom, but what you should know about Tom is that he's pretty much an expert on lake effect snow. So if you are anywhere around the Great Lakes or even he's, I would say, just on snowstorms in general, but really lake effects snow. He's from upstate New York, so he knows a lot about him. But during the winter, if you're anywhere near there, you want to learn about lake effects snow, follow Tom Moore on Twitter. He's at Tom Moore WX is where you find him. And he just always has some great stuff. 
some great weather stuff and radars and talking about some of the active weather around the country. So love Tom. He's, he's an expert. He's a meteorologist. Um, and extraordinaire. He did just come out too with a book. I know uh, he was part of a group that did a book, right? About, about the early days at the weather channel. Yes. Cause since he was there from the beginning, he has a lot to say about how it used to be at the Weather Channel. And I think a lot of people who are Weather Channel junkies would love to read this book. And he's going to talk about that book when we have him on later on the summer. But uh, he's definitely uh, has a wealth of knowledge about the early days at the channel. And um, a lot of funny things went on back then. So anyway, Tom Moore, a great person to follow if you're on Twitter. He's a good guy and he's outgoing, animated, just passionate about weather. So that's cool. He is. He is. He's a real true weather geek for sure. All right. Thank you, Kim. Phil, what do you have for us? Well, so I am currently in the process of working with Miami University in Oxford, Ohio, to become a storm-ready institution. Um, So the National Weather Service has a program. uh, It's called Storm Ready. For uh, they also have a like a partnership, Storm Ready partnership, or uh, something like that as well. But they have a Storm Ready program. If you go to uh, weather.gov backslash storm ready. Uh, you can learn about the program. And, and this really, I, I encourage anybody that might work at a large company, uh, headquarters, office building kind of a thing. If you work for a, a municipality like a city, county, uh, state, um, if you work for an institution or a school, whether it's an elementary school, high school, anything like that, uh, you can basically work with the National Weather Service to become a storm ready. Uh, facility or a storm-ready institution where you meet some of their requirements that show that you're prepared for severe weather, you're prepared to communicate severe weather, you're prepared to uh, get people ready for severe weather, uh, you can become a storm-ready uh, program and and they'll give you, uh, just kind of helps you, to, you can put up some signage, all that kind of stuff that just show you've done what you need to do to get your organization ready for that. So again, that's weather.gov backslash storm ready. Do they do something with, or am I thinking of somebody else who where, cause we just had an elementary school rebuilt um, just cause it had reached its life expectancy and having it built better and ready for certain levels, F4, EF5s, anybody, am I thinking of them or am I thinking of somebody else that might do something? It's not, with? That, that, it's not that it's not based on how, how sturdy your building is or anything like that. It's really based on communication, okay. how well you're in a position to, um, you know, prepare people for severe and, and uh, winter weather and such, uh, and also communicate when there is severe weather in the area. Are you set up to be able to communicate that to your public to prevent uh, injury and death and, and destruction to uh, buildings? Such a great idea because so many elementary schools today they are doing units on weather every single time. So that'd be awesome. Thanks, yeah. Phil. Yeah, it'd be good a good stuff. thing if you're a teacher, for example, might be a good project to to get your um, your school. Yeah. Good call. And if you'd like more information on either of those WX resources, check us out at stormfrontfreaks.com, episode 53, show notes. Guys, it's time for Weather Fools. Now, what is Weather Fools for the first-time listeners? Weather Fools is the part of the show where we, as freaks, go out to the internet, we look at Twitter, we look at YouTube, we look at Facebook. We're just looking for something silly or downright stupid when it comes to the weather. 
Um, like leaving your uh, air conditioner on? In the background? Like leaving your air conditioner on. It's actually off right now, and it's getting very warm. So I would say I am my first weather fool. Right. And I'm going to be honest. I think, Phil, you're the only person as well as me who has a weather fool this week, right? That is correct. So I, I do have a weather fool to share with you guys. Uh, is a, vi a video. This is from Twitter that was just submitted uh, by, I've got a name of the person, Bjorn. 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 So this was this was in Germany. Uh, so Bjorn, I don't know if he was storm chasing or he just he happened to end up in this thing. But uh, he's right in front. So he's in his vehicle and he's filming right from his vehicle. I'm sure this is a But the tornado is right there. I'm telling you it's maybe 50 yards away. And he's got an orange pickup truck in front of him. Oh, oh. This tornado is getting closer. You can see small Oh my gosh. Within it. And then also it starts to overtake the truck. I mean, it literally comes into the truck. You can see some little vortices every once in a while overtake the truck. Uh, fortunately, he didn't get caught in, in uh, the might potentially flip his vehicle. Um, I, I will warn you, there is some uh, severe language. <laughs> but it's yeah, in we, German. We it's it. in German. It's in oh, German. So oh, it's no, good. some of these bad words are not in German. <laughs> it's all good. Actually, it's not in German. Uh, <laughs> It, it is, and he is speaking English uh, swear word. Uh, so I will warn you on that, but we'll uh, I'll share the link on that. But it's um, uh, it was on Twitter. Uh, great. Yeah, Phil, I saw that, and I'm like, dude, back up! What That's are what you? I was I'm like, back up! It's like there's there's not like a traffic jam behind you. I guess I don't know, but that uh, you know, I would it was shocking to me. Was there anybody behind him? I've no, I don't know. No, we don't, we don't, we don't know. know. Hmm. We don't know, and this, but yeah. and that was a pretty decent tornado for Germany yeah. too. So that was pretty. That was pretty crazy. Yeah, that 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 was pretty crazy. That's well, right, Fraulein. Yeah, <laughs> Fraulein indeed. Fraulein indeed. Uh, so, all right. So my weather fool this week. Uh, it's not nearly as exciting. Um, so I gotta share the screen. Whoops, sorry. It's been a while since I've done this. Um, <laughs> all right, cool. Excuse we got. We have to have a training seminar again. I we, think. Apparently, okay. well, you know what, Phil? You said we were going to do any more, so that that piece of information left my mind. Blame on it. That's fine. And now it's coming back. Okay, actually, that's the other one I have. So, uh, my weather fool is so the um, this is from WGN Nine, Chicago's news station, and this is actually a Ian Happ uh, for the Chicago Cubs. They let him come on and do a weather forecast for them. Um, actually, this was this was broadcast by IGN Nine, but this was by the Weather Channel. Uh, so here's him literally doing a weather forecast on the Weather Channel. I, I believe this was live, and he's just <laughs> just making a complete fool out of himself. Oh my gosh! And he, this is actually on a day where he's playing. He's playing a game um, that day, and, and they just let him come on and do the weather forecast. So wow. it, the audio is a lot funnier than it sounds. Um, and we'll have that on, uh, we'll have that as well as our other weather fool on our show. What is this? 53. It's 53. You said the audio is a lot funnier than how it sounds. <laughs> I'm like, it better be. So we'll have all this and uh, more on uh, stormfrontfreaks.com show 53 on our show notes page. Cool. There you go. All right, Kim, Kim, who makes those decisions to let people like that? Uh, the producers, producers, probably. Uh, free know, tickets. Gather and think, what can we do? You know. All right. Well, hey, we got MJ back. It's It's been a month, I think, but uh, he's, he's Good back. Good morning. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> after Welcome any, back. got to catch up on some listener questions and responses, I think. Well, hey, we want to thank our uh, listeners and viewers for lighting up social media uh, for us the last uh, month or so, or actually a couple of weeks, really. In a good um, way. Uh, in a good way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so our friend Jay Farlow uh, said he's planning to catch up on weather podcasts on the drive to and from Dayton. And the reason for that is he's going to the Dayton Hamvention, which is a huge amateur radio convention uh, in Dayton. So um, thanks for checking in with us. Uh, Jennifer Stark, uh, who, of course, we just had on uh, episode 52, our last episode, uh, tweeted out and said that one podcast inspired us to make a group on Facebook that is now at over 200 chasers, all women supporting and encouraging each other. Oh, so that's, that's so very awesome. like, It's like having children, man. It oh, it's so special. <laughs> oh, my God. And uh, Lori, Lori Grace Bailey checked in listening to episode 52, ton of fun. Uh, listening to other weather sisters, so that was a that was a good episode for us, and a lot of uh, comments on that one. Uh, Brolin McKay, no, I haven't listened to ten episodes in a day. Just found the Stormfront Freaks podcast, but I'm guessing he did listen to ten episodes in one yeah. day. He's at nine, and then he stopped. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> uh, Mary Sloan, I'm just finishing uh, Stormfront Freaks episode, and I just have to say. You might be the best liar I've ever heard. That drug bust story was spot on. Oh, that's right. Oh. To tell the truth from the last episode. They were so good. They were good. A little too good, really. That was a fun game. That was a fun game. Uh, Vanessa Newfield says a must listen. Thank you, Vanessa. Uh, Storm Chaser Todd says, yes, give it a listen. These are my people. So thank my you. People. My people. I believe yeah. That is peeps, isn't it? Yep. The correct, he didn't uh, say usage there. And my people, so he's probably older like us. I don't know. Uh, that's why. That's why we're his people. That's right. right. <laughs> <laughs> um, Kim Hines loved watching. The ladies were informative and fun. And uh, and then we go back a, a couple of weeks from when I wasn't here. I apologize for that, everybody. But you know, uh, life goes on. Uh, Jamie Ingram says hello. I'm a storm chaser from Wisconsin. Uh, I'm an RN and have put together a mission called Hope Echo for Storm Victims. Uh, also made a suggestion for an opening song, uh, the tornado version of Tallulah by Tori Amos. And I didn't haven't listened to it. Maybe that would be good, but I'm not sure our budget will handle the royalties. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in, in podcasting, everybody does that anyway and doesn't pay for a license. And apparently they, they don't go after them. But uh, I think we'll, we'll maybe avoid that. <laughs> What's that called? Isn't it as asmap or what are they called? Asmat? Oh, no. not hazmat. <laughs> no, the the ascap. Ascap. That's it. Ascap. Yeah. Ascap. What? Yeah, to get the licensing. They're the licensing okay, folks. Yeah. yeah. No, not like one s. Okay. Yeah. So Shannon Bolesky says she downloaded uh, her first ever podcast app just for the Stormfront Freaks podcast. Oh, that was nice. Very nice. Hey, uh, will she download another? I don't know. It's hard to <laughs> yeah. say. Just did my first. I'm done. <laughs> she, we didn't get that tweet, so I don't know. Uh, Tornado <laughs> Trackers checked in on Facebook, uh, thanked us for featuring their posters on episode 51. Cool. Um, Andrew Revkin checked in on Facebook, um, belatedly discovering Stormfront Freaks podcast, and has a new book out with Lisa McCauley. I think uh, check out our our Stormfront Freaks Facebook page if you want more information on that. And Eric uh, Flaggi, uh suggested Mean Tweets segment. And so, Aaron, we brought it on for you. Good job. 
Good. So thank you everybody for checking that in with us again. Uh, keep, keep it coming. Yeah, Chad. Chad didn't want us, so that's why he didn't. Uh, he didn't well, it means Whoa! you are you are really going to make me do editing Whoa! this time, aren't you? Oh my goodness! It, it my mom is listening. I quit. Different in German, so that, that was the tweet. I thought oh, wow, wow. the tweet was calm down and report facts. I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> you know, just I lost my pastor. I, I would be mad, but my grandma is no longer listening. I'm sad to say. Oh, I'm sorry. All right. Well, hey, oh, I, I, oh, that's so sad. It, uh, for this episode of Stormfront Freaks mm -hmm. podcast. Thanks for listening and watching. Before I share the secret of our next guest, uh, if you enjoy the show, please do us a favor and leave a great review on your podcast app. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to the show by hitting your podcast app subscribe button. It works just like a magazine or a newspaper subscription. It just assures the latest show will get delivered right to your podcast inbox the moment that it gets released. Uh, special thanks definitely to our guest tonight, uh, Mr. Chad Myers. At our next episode in two weeks, we'll be recording on May 31st with Fox Senior Meteorologist Janice Dean uh, will be with us. So we're going to go right from Chad Myers to Janice Dean to National Morning uh, Meteorologist. If you'd like to watch the recording live, it's going to be again at a special time. Uh, oh, no. 6 p.m. Eastern. So we're going up another hour earlier. Wait, wait, um, when? Hey. Uh, so this is uh, Thursday, May 31st. Some of us have day jobs. 6, 6 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Central. You're done by then. Uh, check oh, out your YouTube channel by searching Stormfront Freaks uh, if you want to watch that live. So for MJ, Maz, Brady, and Kim, and I might be the only one on the next episode, I'm going <laughs> to and we'll catch you guys next time. Adios. Peace. See ya. Thank you for listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. To subscribe and be notified when new episodes of our bi-weekly show are available, you can go to Apple Podcasts on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcast app and search for Stormfront Freaks. If you would like to contact us with questions or make comments about the show, shoot us an email to questions at stormfrontfreaks.com or follow us on Twitter at Stormfront Freak. We'd love to hear from you. For show notes, additional information about this episode, as well as past and upcoming shows, videos, photos, and more, visit our website at stormfrontfreaks.com. While you're there, check out the interactive radar provided by our friends at zoomradar.com. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash stormfrontfreaks. Join us next time and tell a friend about the Stormfront Freaks podcast.